0: And when I was asked if I would pose for the magazine, um, I couldn't talk to my mother about it because she was in Europe, so I had to make the decision on my own. Oh. And uh, my boyfriend, who is my husband now, um, just uh, said that it was the best thing for me to do. And, and so after about three weeks, I finally
1: decided I would.
2: Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> Welcome to One Fucking Hour. I am Evan Husney, and welcome to our Valentine's Day special, episode number 18. And you might have noticed, there's four of us today. We have a very special guest. Everybody say hi to Rami Bennett. What's up, Rami? Hey,
0: everyone. Thank you uh, for having me, and happy Valentine's Day.
2: Ooh, all right. And uh, I am joined also by uh, my two usual co-hosts. To my left, Mr. Tom Fitzgerald. Tom, how's it going?
3: Hello, hello, hello.
2: <laughs> and uh to my Party right Mister. <laughs> to my right jesus christ marcus <laughs> herring what's up man
4: hey what's up y'all <clears throat> so <clears throat> what movie are we doing this week
2: well we are double dipping on uh a director that we've covered previously uh one of my favorite directors bob fossey uh, a few weeks back we did all that jazz probably a few months ago at this point point. and this week this fucking hour we are covering Perhaps, uh, I'm just going to go out and say it, man. One of his fucking masterpieces, uh, and that is Bob Fosse's Star 80 from 1983. So uh, shall awesome. we do it? One, I'd say clock? it's one of the
3: big and still underrated 80s movies. I'll, I'll be on the record for that.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know?
4: Even for the hour, guys. Come on. Okay, well, here it's we just go. A,
2: just setting up ball. <laughs> the ball. Double
4: dipping on the Fosse. All here right. Comes the Sounds clock. good. All
2: right. Clock. Oh, it's is- already on. Activated All right, so uh, Star 80, uh, of course, is based on the true story of the murder of Dorothy Stratton Who was the 1980 Playboy Playmate of the Year Um, And in this film, uh, she is uh, portrayed by uh, Marielle Hemingway And the film is also about the men who played a part in her demise Most notably, her husband and murderer, Paul Snyder Who is brilliantly uh, played (laughs) by (laughs) Mr. Eric Roberts Uh, Tom, as you said, uh, completely one of the underrated, unsung films of the 1980s, -hmm. and I'm sure we're going to get into many, many reasons why that is, but first, I wanted to kick it off to Ramey, Uh, and Ramey, as long as I've known you, you've been a a huge fan of this film, Uh, but not just the movie, you've also been obsessed with the book The Killing of the Unicorn, which of course I have right here, Um, which is... um, You, You both have it. We both got it, yeah, of course. Um, It's sort of a a cultural artifact Uh, It's written by Peter Bogdanovich Who's one of the characters in this story In the real story Um, And he wrote about his relationship with Dorothy uh, Dorothy Stratton And of course it's also about her death Um, But I wanted to kick it off to you Because um, this being a true story uh, Bob Fosse was inspired by uh, the Actually not this book Because this came after But the Village Voice article That was written about this true story So I wanted to ask you a little bit about the source material of this film?
0: Um, Yeah. So, you know, I became interested in this topic um, as it's something that, you know, reflects a lot of my interest, sort of a Hollywood Babylon uh, type stuff. Um, So I was reading about Dorothy, her story. I then ordered killing of a unicorn to read then I read the Village Voice article and then I watched Star 80 sort of like all at once. Like I sort of just like took in all the material, you know? So it was, it was super interesting to see the way that different people interpreted the story. Mm. Um, and so talking about like Bob Fossey's interpretation of it, I really loved um, what he took from the article. Um, and so like a lot of what the article is about is um, actually Paul Snyder who was Dorothy's husband uh, who ended up killing her. Um and the character of Paul Snyder um is, you know, he he's he was a pimp. He was a Vancouver small time greasy, grimy, you know, gold chain wearing pimp who kind of a wannabe relevance- pimp
3: even, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he was like a kind of a failed pimp. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, he's not thriving up there in, in Vancouver.
0: Totally. Yeah. And he was always running from loan sharks and he was always trying to, you know, he, he was actually pimping out young girls and he was always looking for like, kind of like ex playboy bunnies that he would try to sell on the streets and he was always scheming and hustling. Right. Wow. So what happened was that, um, when this story hit, Bob Fosse read the, um, the article, which was called Death of a Playmate. So Teresa um, Carpenter wrote it. She ended up winning the Pulitzer Prize for this piece, um, which is fascinating. And I think one of the reasons is because the way she interprets it is like, it's like a parable, right? About like our sort of like greed and desperation and desire for all these things. So Bob Fosse read it and he said, which I thought was fascinating, that he saw himself in the character of Paul Snyder.
3: Get down. Wow. And that
0: is why it blew my mind. Oh, Because it it reminded me also a lot of all that jazz, you know, where, like, that's that's very self-reflective, it's self-interrogative, but it's not glorifying, you know, It's, it's, he's showing this, you know, this person, this showbiz personality and sort of the desperation and the underbelly of that. And I'll wrap this up quick, try to be quicker about this, but, um, what he was saying was, he was like, Listen, I could have been Paul Snyder, you know? Mm. Like, I I ended up being Bob Fosse because of some l- stroke of luck, you know no. what I mean? But like, he had
3: talent well, no, but, but, <laughs> right.
2: compared right. to You're Paul. You're being a little hard on Paul. yourself, uh, Mr. Bob Foy. Yeah, exactly. Come on. But, <laughs> talent,
0: but what he's saying is, it's arbitrary in Hollywood, right? Like, a lot yeah. of it, like, he did have talent buckets, bucket loads, but like that in Hollywood, the whole thing who, who catapults to that stardom, it's such a myriad thing of luck and a mixture of these things. Right. And everyone's Mm. always on that razor edge. And so he was kind of saying like, if I didn't get that opportunity, I had that desperation. I had all that stuff. I could have been a Snyder. And, and so that's why that character has this resonance in this movie where like, he's kind of the heart of the film. So I, I don't know if I,
4: yeah, oh, you got great. that that makes a lot of sense cuz it's like he's got some the resentment of being an outsider is so much of what motivates like Paul, you feel that. Yeah. It, he says it a lot, you know, and then you can just feel like maybe that's even the bigger issue for him than, you know, his like uh wife leaving him or whatever, you know, like it's him missing out and being shut out that he's being othered and kept out of the system.
2: He's
3: uninvited know? to the party.
2: That yeah. he briefly
3: was invited to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know. And yeah. and, that, and that's worse than never being invited to the party well, for a character yeah. <laughs> like
2: that. One thing I want to say, too, is True. what, <clears throat>
3: Rami, what you were saying is um,
2: is also very evident with all that jazz. It's a, it's a part of all that jazz where Bob Fosse kind of is also trying to show the sleazier side of show business. You know, and, and, and I mean, and it's so evocative in, in all that jazz. During the open heart surgery scene, you know, when his rib cage is open and they're you know operating on him, and people are talking about budgets and number crunching and you know yeah. things like that. Totally. It's really you know there is there is that side of you know that's what's so great about him as a filmmaker, right? And but this movie also Star Eighty, um, in addition to being just a harrowing true story about you know what what happened to Dorothy Stratton, um, but it also is trying to show. I think as you were saying that there is a sleazy this is the sleazy underbelly, like as you said, of show business. And I think that comes across
3: <laughs> very clearly yeah. in this well, like like wet t-shirt con- the wet t-shirt yes. contest level of show and business, I, and as I love opposed to Broadway. That, think, like,
0: the wet t-shirt contest thing, the 70s, like hazy, sun-drenched blonde bikini girls on roller skates and you know and, and the discos and there's this like, you know, utopian male fantasy haze. That becomes just like juxtaposed with this like terror, you know, like with this like pure grotesque horror, you yeah. know? And so that those images are kind of similar to the open heart surgery images where you have like the roller yeah. and all that. And then you have the intercutting or the crosscutting
3: of the with murders, the, the murders.
2: Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I you touch on right. that? Uh, can I, can I touch on that for a second? I think uh, one of the things we all love about uh, Fosse's films uh, and especially all the jazz in star 80 is the fact that, um, and Lenny to a certain degree as well they are um, they have such a unique structure and the editing of these films uh, is all just so it's masterfully done because the way the narrative is structured is always it's always playing with that and it's always playing with juxtapose, like juxtaposing imagery and contrasting certain imagery and this movie right out of the gate is showing you that you know what the conclusion of the film is. You know in the first 5 minutes that Dorothy's going to be killed brutally because it's showing it to you right off in the beginning and then it's interwoven throughout. You know, so the every scene in this movie, even the goofiest moments in this movie, there's still this lingering cloud of dread that's like throughout everything because you know what the conclusion right. is going to be. You know, yeah, it, is,
4: it is cool. I mean, they made that decision. At the same time, I'd say, like, it probably was like so much in the zeitgeist and in, like, the, the media at the time that there's no way that someone would have gone into this movie and not known, like, what happened to it, right? It's such a big story. True. So, in some ways, it, like, kind of liberated him to, like, not hold back where the story was going, you know? I don't know. Just thinking yeah. about, like, when you're setting out to write a movie, like, when you make those decisions.
1: Yeah.
3: But on the other hand, he does that. Uh, he did that three in a row. I mean, like, we were saying, Lenny. Probably starts with his dead body. <laughs> you know, like he just he just does that. And what he's doing is he's more than anything, more more importantly, I think is he's he's fascinated and interested in the possibilities of um different chunks of time in the in his story um talking to each other. You know, and it's is what you were saying too. It's like uh the the um, contrast, you know, maybe a happier time and a darker time and like how he can play with that because he's he he because you know what? He freed himself. He's like, I'm not gonna tell this in a linear manner. Why do you have to tell any well, story gives, that way? It also so, yeah. gives so much you
2: know? weight to all the other scenes because and I'm sure yeah. we'll show some clips here um and maybe we this, this is a good segue into that is that there there's there are moments in this film where you know um, uh, first maybe let's talk about the introduction of Paul Snyder's character then we'll kind of circle back to this. Yeah. But, this is well,
3: this is the first uh, encounter uh, the, the viewers have of this individual. <laughs> and it's genius. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's watch it. Couldn't be better.
3: By the way, all that jazz talking in the mirror, this film yes. talking in the mirror. <laughs> yes.
2: Exactly. Totally. They so there's yeah. a direct connection there. And obviously, as we know, Roy Scheider is playing, you know, Bob Fosse. in, in it's you know, the Showtime. No it's showtime folks. And the fact that there's <laughs> this connection. I mean, he's identifying with Paul Snyder, like visually in this movie. Totally, so here yeah, we go. Absolutely. Eric Roberts, one of the great unhinged performances of oh the 80s. Uh, here's how we meet him. Here's how <laughs> we meet him.
4: Hi. hi, Hello. Paul hi, Snyder. Yeah, I'm Paul Snyder. How you doing? <laughs> Snyder. Paul.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: Paul
2: <Balls tonight. laughs>
3: Schneider. Uh, Wait for fuck it. Fuck you! Fuck you all, bastards! Wow, dude, dude. Oh. and that. Yeah, oh and my that's, God! It is the the
4: weird, it's so weird that you bring up the other that is the it's like the yin yang of uh, you know the, of talking in the mirror. It's so yeah. weird. It's like well, you know, the two well, sides of hit, himself.
3: If 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 I might wind up a pitch here. I don't think it is (laughs) i think it's just uh especially if he's saying like remy said like like that's me up on in that story on paul it's it's all darkness this is all about as are those four films show business and and you 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 see his verdict on show business (laughs) it'll kill you it'll kill people it's ugly Mm -hmm. it's evil it's bad and you know what line resonated with me the most for this film and i think both characters say it I can't quite remember, but I know that uh, Paul says it. Uh, No, no, no. Sorry. She says it first. Maybe he says it next. Uh, It's let's just go back to Vancouver,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
3: because it's like it's this it's this, uh, you know, like feeling. Can we go back home again? She said it. He said it. It's like we were happy then, you know, is that it's a kind of a classic, almost corny thing where it's like back to when my life was simpler. Roll it all back. Mm -hmm. Like because what what it's saying is very it's but it's a classic story, especially if you're talking about showbiz Mm
0: -hmm. is
3: we thought we'd be happier if we went to the to the land of oz to the gilded cities you know of new york and la but guess what i'm worse now we're worse now yeah. can we just and, and that's that to me is so telling because i'm pretty sure they both say it in their own way during this film and it's really like you you you, you want because you look around as you go down the yellow brick road and you're in fucking hell and um, that's really the heart of the film, and that's probably resonating with him so much. It's like, it's, ro- it's a rosebud moment kind of too, you know, Citizen Kane. But it's just like, 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 I lost my innocence, I lost who I am, you know, because the thing about Paul, and this, and it's really sad to hear that maybe he identified so much with Paul, because I found Paul, as anyone would, to be completely empty and completely lonely You know, and I think that uh, the revelation I had rewatching this is it's such an incredible character study that he he really got into this person so well and and everything else kind of fell away for me. And and it resonated where he's uh, he's empty, he's lonely. But also, I do think he missed her and I do think he loved her because she's the best person, the nicest person maybe he ever met, you know, much less had a relationship with. Yeah like he's so broken and the real like sad little boy whatever the hell paul was as a real person is just like getting stepped on by ambition and self-hatred and, and deep loneliness that like i think he because again i don't know if it's just in the screenplay and the performance if maybe paul was just a total pos the whole time i don't know but in this film uh I- there's a lot of vulnerability towards the end and i was picking up on that and it's if nothing else a tribute to Roberts.
4: I, I like that you found some sympathy in the
3: character. I didn't say I, that. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I well can I shut in for I, one
4: second here
2: and just maybe you guys I just want to set a topic here and then maybe you guys pick pick it apart, Marcus. I think is where you're going with it. Um is I think it's it's important to say that this movie is kind of from Paul's perspective for the most for the majority of it, you know? Which is kind of a, a weird Way to go about making this movie. I think you know the article as Raimi you said was kind of from the sort of about Paul mostly in a lot of ways and I think with this movie you're, 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 you're introduced to Paul first. We're hanging with Paul. We're like yep. with him and then and then like 20 minutes in or not maybe 15 minutes in we meet Dorothy right and it's this interesting thing where. The movie, as I was saying earlier, it plays with editing in these moments in Paul's life as the story is unfolding chron- like chronologically and then cutting forward to the murder scene. And it is and it is contrasting everything as it's getting up to that point. So I think that's a unique way to uh, be telling this film. And and I have an example of a scene of that. But is there anything you guys wanted to get in on, on that note?
3: Well, Marcus was saying-,
0: saying. Oh, sorry. Go
4: Oh, all I was saying was that it is what I was trying to say was it's very hard to find sympathy for this character, you know, in this film because he the heinous acts he does and he's so repellent as a human being. But you were saying he was lonely and, you know, that I think and that you described as a little boy. And I think that that sometimes happens to people in society where like they've been so stepped on and they've done and they do horrible things, but they are human and, and you have to look past all that stuff and to find a sympathetic, you know, point of view on them. And I think that this movie, it's so easy to like just, I mean, Eric Roberts' performance is amazing, so you love that. It's like, there's very little to love about Paul. There's like nothing, basically. But the fact that you can put all that aside and still say that he's a lonely guy, I think is, you know, is interesting. Um,
3: I think that's what Fosse found. That's, you know what I mean? And then it was yeah. executed by, uh, you know, Roberts, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which surprised me. That's all I was saying was, and... Sorry, I just I didn't mean sympathize. I didn't mean to yell at you, but I just mean like um, there's a difference. I yeah. had it, it was empathetic. I had I hate an it. understanding. Hey, I was joking. Yeah, yeah. Multi-layer. But, but I, it was an empath. It was an, I, I was empathizing. I was seeing the human being. But I yeah. wasn't. And like, that's oh, why it's man. a good
0: movie. That's why it works. You know what I mean? Like that's why there's so much fucking heart in this movie. And like we were talking earlier about I watched the made for TV movie with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. And when I said it, it was flat, what I kind of meant was like, there's no pulse. Like it's lifeless. Like it just tells the story. It tells the beats and that's it. Like this has this really unexpected death because it's so fucking human and uncomfortable, you know? And like, I love how much time um, Fosse spends on developing their relationship too you know and i think a lesser director wouldn't have done that like where you really see how this grows into what it became you know like any controlling abusive psychologically abusive relationship there's so many layers to that yeah. you know yeah. and there, he she saw his vulnerability and she yeah. was kind and she was generous and that's what you know got her heart to to be loving him and then like he kind of manipulated that and it was such a multifaceted dynamic that even like when he's in the apartment and he's singing to her and and he's telling her these things and giving her the this seduction like mm-hmm. you you see like why she fell for him and like it, it's not one sided there's i know there, there's, there's yeah. so many yeah. complex it's not one hand. dimensional That's yeah, what I'm about, one yeah. and
2: and and I, just to add on to the sympathy thing um like there are moments where like um i think that dare i say there is you know i mean there is a moment um in the film <clears throat> Which is this great tracking shot where it uh, it's it's when towards the end of the film, Paul Snyder's on the phone with Dorothy. Yeah. she's already with great. Peter Bogdanovich. and um, he's calling her and he's basically, like, you wait you you closed our bank accounts Why'd you do that? Like really can't we work this out? Can't we do something And even though you Can know you thread he, that up? Yeah I we will. have that to- yeah I do yeah I'll, I should I should just do
3: that yeah It's uh, so great and it reminded me of taxi driver for whatever it's worth Mm. can't we talk now I'm going a little crazy I'll see you when I come to Los
1: Angeles you close the joint bank account yes
4: why I'll send you some money you didn't answer why I thought
3: it best for what our situation Paul I have to
4: hang
1: up now no please don't hang up just what the hell is our situation Jesus tell me something will you look if you've had an affair, that's okay with me. I understand. But that doesn't mean that we should throw the whole marriage down the
3: toilet. Please, Dorothy, at least tell me where I stand. So, yeah, there's more than just greed there, you know, and, yeah. Um, yeah. and blind ambition.
2: Yeah.
0: That's and following- Evan has seen um when he's first at the mansion as well. Like when he first goes to the mansion and he meets Hef for the first time, and it's just, he's like a little boy who's just like, you know, with picked on at school and he's trying to say the right thing and he's trying to impress and he's so yeah. desperately just missing the mark, you know? And like, he doesn't fit in. And I, I, I love that moment. I think. Should we you know, watch it? Says,
4: yeah. yeah. He's repellent. Yeah, <laughs> repellent.
3: But also like, but also what we're saying is like, he's, um, he's, uh, he's clueless socially like like he's yeah. wearing the wrong clothing and yep. he's he's he doesn't even he doesn't understand he's completely cheesy looking
0: yeah and cringy
3: <laughs> you know all right
2: let's watch it here's uh paul uh snyder uh eric roberts uh meeting the hugh hefner character for the first time and and you can just see man paul is cringe
4: i see you got you all right mr hefner this is paul snyder paul mr. Hefner. If a man has a right to find God in his own way, he has a right to go to the devil in his own way. Here's another. Descriptions of murder, which we consider a crime, are acceptable in art and literature, but descriptions of sex are prohibited. Our society has put hate above love, favored killing over living. (laughs) Right? Pretty close.
3: Nailed it. (laughs) But I think I said
4: favored death over life. What? I don't understand what. He's quoting me. All oh, into that.
2: That's great stuff. So. Yeah. There you go on that. And I, I think it's important to say, like, <clears throat> you know, with his trajectory, like you were saying, Ramey, like it really does follow, you know, the the seduction of Dorothy. You know, when he's, they're they're both in Vancouver still. She's working at a Dairy Queen. You know, yeah. and this is a, this is a true story. He finds her when she's, you know, whatever, eighteen, nineteen. Um, and then they become a couple and then it's all about getting to Hollywood and making her uh, this, this famous star uh, as, as fast as possible. And um, yeah, and then obviously, and we the see contest
0: thing is interesting, too, because it's he he finds out that Playboy is doing a contest. And so he sees her at the Dairy Queen and is like, "Ooh, this girl can make me some money and he convinces her to pose for pictures. At first, she doesn't realize it's naked pictures and then slowly kind of convinces her. But the whole trope of the small town girl winning a contest going to LA for a dream, which turns into a nightmare. Like it's such Mulholland that-
3: Mulholland Drive. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: That's what I was, it's Mulholland Drive, you know? Like, yeah. and and so it's also interesting that it's like it's for playboy too because it's not i'm going directly to become a movie star it's like this it's so it's even weirder and seedier of like like it's just it's like the i don't know the sleaze element is just it's so upfront that there's not even an illusion at first yeah
3: Yeah, this film deals with uh uptown sleaze and downtown sleaze (laughs) which i thought was interesting and how he just i'm sure fossey just saw the the parody throughout and there was no real difference, you know? It's true. Yeah,
0: and I I think that's what's so interesting that like he's saying, like, listen, the same thing about him comparing himself to Snyder, you know, he's saying, listen, like, being in porn, being in a, in Playboy, how different is that really from being a, a movie star? I mean, all of it is about sexual favors. It's all commerce based on buying and selling people. It's all mm-hmm. hustlers. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a sheen. It's an illusion, you know. And 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 that's also like what Kenneth Anger's stuff was about too. Like it's all are you buying into the illusion? And and um, Snyder, he didn't fit in you know, he, he couldn't transform into what they wanted him to transform into, to become acceptable. And that's something that, um, Teresa Carpenter talks about in the village voice article at the end of the article. I don't know if you guys remember, he says, she says like the, like he, his body ended up back in Vancouver, um, because LA was just too big for him. And his biggest yeah. sin was that he was just too small time for Hollywood.
3: Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know? He didn't, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have the uh, tools. What he didn't have are the social manipulation tools and the savvy and the cunning. Partly, well, he's just, he's an amateur. And he just, yeah. he just fell ass backward into stardom by meeting her at the Dairy Queen. And, you know, it was the goose that laid the golden egg and he just ran with it, you know, and, but it, but it's, you know, he didn't have any other latent social talents, you know, that would help him down there in LA.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Let's take a look at one more Paul scene. I mean... Ooh, Eric please. Roberts is shredding, <laughs> shreds in this film. Is it?
3: Is it? Is it the moment? Is it the song? No, that got her to fall. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know the one I was thinking of is 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 him, uh, him being dangled um, only because. Oh, sure. I think it closes the loop on what I was saying earlier about how it's brilliant how this film is structured because you're you're introduced to Paul as a character in this film. You're with him. You see him as like in that in that mirror scene we watched. You know, he's got all this, like, repressed anger, right? And so the film shows you that because it, it shows you these various th- th- these moments when he's completely pathetic... And being humiliated, and then it cuts to the murder scene, you know, and it keeps showing us yeah, yeah. that, and that's really effective and really scary. So here's a scene really. early on in the film where we're trying to we're first underst- getting to know Paul, <laughs> and he's being dangled out of a fucking window.
3: Meanwhile, Paul,
2: yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't humiliate
3: me, Charlie. <laughs>
4: Here we go again! I don't want to shot you! you You
3: Come on, Chuck! Please, Chark! Please, Chuck! Great
4: shot! Great shot! shot. Bastards! Everybody kissing your ass. Everybody down on their fucking knees, well. Not me. I don't kiss ass for nobody. You're not gonna forget me. Rotten fuckers. You tried to kill me. I found her, didn't I, I found her. And
1: Shit. so <laughs> yeah, I was a w- good
4: example. I, I was wondering, like, he's, he's so good. And is he too good, you know, almost. And I was reading, you know, about uh, Ebert saying that uh, coining star 80 syndrome after this movie, because he oh. didn't get nominated for a, uh, he, got, he got nominated for a golden globe for like best supporting actor. but like clearly he's like, Whoa. The main character of the movie, right? Really? But he did, and he didn't <laughs> get Academy Award. You know, he didn't get an Academy yeah. Award nomination. So Ebert was saying, you know, that there's Star Eighty Syndrome is like uh, Hollywood will never give you an award if you play a creep. Was that like
2: know? a oh. and, like he's just Ratchet playing kind of thing, or like it's you're just too real that people like actually hate you? <laughs> like well, she like, won, though,
3: but she won. It's oh, not
0: redeeming. Did. Like we're not there's nothing redeeming. Yeah. Um, about yeah it him. might be
3: too too far. Uh, yeah, also, I don't yeah. think I don't think the film had. I mean, to get into the Oscars, which is stupid. Like it probably didn't have the mach- a machine behind it. Like this cool. was a this is sort of been an odd duck of a film, and it didn't even do that well. So yeah, sure. and that's you know, I the thing.
0: People, it was so pitch black and and so viscerally disturbing. I think people didn't know what to quite make of it. You know. Yeah. Um,
4: he's yeah. so good in it too and then then you would think that he would be just like in all these crazy movies afterwards but then he just sort of his career didn't like you know he did a lot of like straight-to-video movies and stuff in the 90s i remember like he's yeah, not healing like, like, he did did village,
3: village, village you yeah.
0: know village, yeah.
3: oh my god he, he was he was a b movie star he was for, years. for yeah he was a big deal for a while not in the yeah.
0: 90s but and, it's and, but it's interesting you bring that up because like he actually did some amazing shit. Um, he was kind of like a Mickey Rourke type, you know, like he yeah. kind of, he had that personality that energy um, and he wasn't totally like the normal straight guy, but Meryl Hemingway, on the other hand, this really screwed up her career. Oh yeah. And yeah. like you, you obviously, you know, personal best before this and Manhattan and right. uh, lipstick maybe, but like, you know, this movie, I think this movie really did her in in a lot of ways and she got breast implants for it. Right. And like, you know, like it was just, there was things about the movie that like, I think, kind of paralleled in a way Dorothy's experience. like I'm not saying that extreme but like, yeah, yeah. there still was that thing of like she didn't really get away scot-free from making this film
3: that sucks like she's nude a lot so she's a harlot yeah. you know like she's not Meryl Streep
0: yeah, that sucks. I about her breast implants a lot. Like whenever people talk about her in the movie, that's always a thing they talk about. God. And she's a really brilliant performer. It's a great I think.
3: performance. Yeah, um, really great.
0: And I just and I think like choosing her was really smart. Um, I don't I don't think necessarily it's it's like necessarily the most realistic depiction of Dorothy and what she was, but it's a choice, you know, and I think it's it's like the choice is childlike, you know. Like what Meryl Hemingway does is she evokes childlikeness. Yeah,
3: the look on her face. Yeah.
0: And authenticity and, and yeah. you know True. and I, I don't like the word innocence because that's a weird word, but it's it is that it's a childlike purity, you know? Yeah. Um and so I think um I think she's really brilliant in it. Like I you think of all the other people that could have been cast and it would have just been, you know, really cheesy or, you know. So, but yeah, I don't think she got any ever got credit for this role in any way, shape, or form. The whole film
3: is everyone is under it's underrated to this day, and that's just not right because this is objectively a monster of a film, two killer performances, even the supporting cast, you know. So, uh, but such is life, you know. People can't hang with this movie; it's too hardcore. But you know, it's me. Like I I had, a I, I always have, I always forget that I wind up having a very bad time. By the end of the film, yeah, like, it's really a bummer. It's very unpleasant. It's yeah, it's a soup. It's a true bummer, you know. Bummer. So I could see people like I could see the cards coming back.
1: Yeah, you know,
3: yeah. pretty hellish. You know, yeah. the, I mean, it, it is. Test it test feels,
2: It does. It does almost have like a maniac quality to it. You know, you're you're yeah, you're 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 it's it's lurid in some you know in a lot of ways, and you are kind of like chilling with a freakazoid yeah. for most of and it. There's no, know? and there's it's no a,
3: relief. No yeah, way. it's a
4: sustained, it's un, unsustained unpleasantness for the entire film. And like any time that you forget for a second, then they have like a, a nice pop song comes on or something. Like, do you think I'm sexy? It'll, it's gonna go back. To Paul, alone in a room with his face yeah, all right. bloody, Robert's like doing. Young, yeah, yes, stewing. Yeah. That yeah. happens so many times. It's like oh, it's, you... it never because that's the center of the film. Yeah,
3: you know, yeah. like let's keep <laughs> rounding down to the center, of the core, <laughs> which is him sulking with like blood on his face, staring at the mirror. It's that, <laughs> yeah. Hollywood made a movie like that. It's but about hey, as man, dark as Hollywood got. If you're you know? gonna get yes. someone to well, do cruising, that. Actually
2: if you're going to get someone to sulk alone in a room with blood on their face, I'm getting Eric Roberts. Dude. He's my number one for that. But let Dude, me just say, I know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But let me just say maybe one of the other reasons that this movie was a little too, uh, uncomfortable for many audiences, mainstream audiences at the time is because it is an instant Tom, you were saying uh, quick, uh, look back at the seventies. We all just witnessed. I mean, this is a pretty, right. Do you want to talk about that? It's a,
3: Well, yeah, it's just, um, I saw this, uh, in 1983, I was a kid. We went to the mall (laughs) and uh, we just saw whatever played at the mall every weekend. Like we'd look at heavy metal albums and go to McDonald's. And then we'd like, what we didn't say, what's the movie. It was just, Hey, it's footloose. Hey, it's star 80. And I just remember going, the film was intense and upsetting in its own way. Like, you know, you know, as a child, it certainly was a pretty heavy experience. But what I remember right then was like, wow, is this the first time I'm seeing a reflection on the seventies in in Mm -hmm. media? You know, because like as a little kid, I was faintly remembering all that disco and shit. And I was like, this is so odd because that was just a couple years ago. But it was a while ago, 1978 to 1983. So um, and he did a great job because for some reason he made that decision to not make it, as you're saying, Marcus, like contemporaneous, like, you know, 82, 83 is kind of 1980. Like there is this dividing line, not just in the, you know jesus christ calendar you know 1979 1980 like there was a a shift you know like with new wave and you know mtv started and all that shit culturally i mean so like um it's weird to look back and go like boo let's all disco and roller skates and (laughs) rod stewart because it was all very passe then because everything became suddenly like billy idol you know that's pretty different so it was just it's just an observation i had even as a child like in the 80s going like wow like yeah the 70s and um i think (laughs) there was a huge delay I don't think the '70s was really covered with sa- with savvy and kind of a satiric eye and an eye for detail like that yeah. for a, like
4: right to like Days gonna, to Confuse or something. Right?
3: Yeah, right. I'm going to say yeah. it. Yeah, like or like Boogie <laughs> Nights even. You know, like like that is just flat out weird. So it's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. And, yeah. and
0: then movies change too. You know, like if it, it's like yeah, then it, everything shifted. You know, so it is this really interesting like end of an era kind of film. Mm-hmm. But it made me think about too. Like when I first saw this, I was like, wait like Boogie Nights would never have existed if it wasn't for this movie aesthetically and the choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, that kind of blew my mind. You
3: noticed too. <laughs>
0: I mean, I know that's really obvious to say, but like no, it no, was no. Kind of, it blew my mind that like, it hadn't been talked about a lot or I hadn't nope. noticed it being talked about because the mirror stuff, that's the Dirk Diggler stuff, the roller girl stuff, the aesthetics, then the moment in Boogie Nights when it's like 80s and it's the doom, you know. right. Kind of, Roller basically
3: yeah. no 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 amen homegirl because guess what the second he drops 1980 yeah you know, like william macy does a mass shooting yes and there's blood against a white wall like, i just realized Ooh. this right now by the way and no but but you could thread that up evan yeah. and uh this uh this uh, brought some familiarity to me this you know made me think of another scene the uh montage here let's do see it. if you guys uh, can see what what we're saying here
2: yeah very all that jazz uh, music too.
3: I know, I noticed, and I love that. That's <laughs> so him. But like, this is right out of Boogie Nights. Like You're so. a
0: Boogie Nights. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, he's you know, it's the it's the getting dipped scene, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, and that beats it Boogie good. Nights. This looks fucking it killer. It
4: does feel like very advanced filmmaking, you know, for '83.
3: Yeah. Yes. It's also, can I say, it, it also reminds me of um, second era. Uh, um, Scorsese. I don't know if Scorsese yeah. was biting his oh, yeah. style, but oh, yeah. that, that that rapid montage shit, yep. Goodfellas and Casino, especially. And uh, again, maybe they just you know are both geniuses and came to that those kind of conclusions themselves. But I don't know. Yeah, the, the style think... of the. Oh, oh.
2: go was, ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say one other one other thing that I think uh, stylistic trope this film is way far ahead of its time on mm. is also the narrative tool to use the faux documentary interviews that's exactly know? what I was going to bring up yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. really okay yeah yeah because yeah. obviously you know that would be something you'd see in like you know to die for or you know I Tanya or something you know where it's like you're actually using that yeah, yeah. As, a, as a as a narrative device and I, is there an example of that well
0: because Lenny <laughs> he does that in Lenny well I was going to oh, say
3: right there's an example of him doing Lenny, of course. Besides uh, that, that device is there. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Besides him, does did anyone do that before? I'm Bob? To wasn't, think. There a,
2: wasn't there Maybe. a Bergman film? I know that's a weird. Isn't yeah. like a doesn't a Bergman film have that? I don't know. My I weird. I don't know. Not sure. I mean, I it know, might Lee have to Do it later on, obviously.
3: Later with husbands and wives.
0: But it's like was, but like Bob Fosse, really the first guy to like do all of this stuff, like that. I think like when Maybe. I watch. Star Eighty for the first time, I kind of was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like, was what? this made in
3: 1999?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he not getting the, this credit? I know. Like, this and funny thing. choreographer <laughs>
3: comes in and tears it up. I'm yeah. saying, and that's the thing, and he treats editing like choreography like yes. shift to the left a little to the right now right. turn around you know Honestly. it's playful and it's musical i was wondering,
4: i was wondering how closely it was tracked with a magazine article because that's when when i heard that it was based in the magazine that some of those techniques started to make sense to me like where you would have a smidgen of someone being interviewed yeah. giving True. testimonial and another it yeah. felt like maybe he was like consciously going in thinking of this as a magazine and it's got that glossy feeling to it, you know, all the soft focus and the, the large yeah. amount of like photography in the movie, like they must've shot so many like fake playboy pictures of Merrill Hemingway. It's amazing. Oh, I gosh. don't know how many, that is incredible. Just how many fake you know, yeah. photographs. And they're all
3: exactly <laughs> matching the real uh, Stratton photos, you know? Right, right. They're but all, they're also
4: like, sh- gl- that's that glossy kind of magazine feel. So yeah, I was wondering totally if that was
3: curious. Well, the, but it was like, the village voice. So it was like, print and black and white. Okay. But but, but the idea of a journalistic
0: article, like it has a quote, then it has an editorializing moment, then it has a, like the the film mimics that in a way, which is also like mimicking a playboy article. But funny enough,
3: um, he'd done the technique in Lenny so, he probably felt very at home reading the article, going, ah, we've yeah. got some potico here, you know? Well, you it's can great. totally see. Like, can we dig him up and shake his hand and then bring yeah. him again? It's <laughs> well, so totally cool. See. <laughs> I love but Bob.
2: There's Bob. Also, <laughs> <laughs> but there's also, like, the quality where, you know, the movie starts, like with the murder scene. You could see an article starting that way, too, yeah. where yes. it's just like, there he that. was with blood on his Guys, face. We, and,
1: another can thing about that. Oh, oh please.
3: Well, I, was just, I just want to finish up this thing about, like, uh, is he biting or are people biting his style? Goodfellas opens with the credits with cars going by and the flash of the red, you know, taillight. Like, if you remember, that sound familiar? That's yes. Goodfellas. And then the titles go by fast. And I'm sorry, I watched it the other day. and This, you know, Star 80, and I was like, that's the same thing that's going by. Traffic, because, because the house is across you from the yes. freeway,
4: And the title is a license plate. Yeah. But what's
0: right. so, I love that, because... Yeah, the freeway is like part of what's interesting about the freeway moment is when you read all the different stories about like what actually happened. People would always talk about that like the freeway would muffle noises that were going on oh, inside the house. Shit. So it's it's this weird. It's kind of Mahol and Drivey too in a weird way. I don't know yeah, why, but like so while the murder was going on and the screaming and the rape, the cars were muffling the sound. Like a
3: true Hollywood murder. You know, because of yes. the location, the setting.
0: Yeah. So right off the bat, like, you don't know park. what that is or why that's there. Dude. But later on, it, it's a it's right. a little piece of the puzzle, kind of thing.
3: Creepy. Can I
2: can yeah. I throw a little shout out? A uh, little shout yeah. out, Ski, for the uh, amazing nice. title design. Uh, Dan Perry is the guy, uh, famous title designer for films. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that did the the Star eighty license plate title design for the film, um, and uh, he's. Uh, right on.
4: I wonder—is it an airbrush, or is it like no, they real. actually made that? They, they made it. that and then photographed he it. Said, yeah, it's
2: so <clears> cool! A I w- I, little little thing—I uh, just a little blurb here. I measured the California license plate. This is him. Uh, gleaned the the type style used by the state of California. and Simply had a license plate cast in metal and polished in some high shine chrome plate. It was beautiful, exciting, looked fantastic, and oh, so sexy! It was perfect. Bob loved it. And wow. we shot it. We shot it on the animation stand with subtle moving light. Wow, it was dynamite.
3: That's from his oh, book. I gotta rewatch that. Wicked, that's, that's awesome. So cool. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta cut away to that. What? To, uh, I know, I know, no, right? I know. The original license plate. Hey, I
2: have dibs. I got dibs. I'm actually gonna <laughs> reach out. Uh, anyway, uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, but let's 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 shift the gears because one of the other. Uh, so first, you got you know Paul Snyder is uh, enemy number one here in this movie, yeah. but uh, uh, oh god. Perhaps enemy number two. Well, there there's there is Hugh Hefner who's enemy no. number two, but enemy number three is also Mr. Uh-oh. Uh Peter Bogdanovich.
3: <laughs> Can I preface uh, this? Sure. Just if we're going one, two, three. My opinion is on Hugh Hefner, he's just doing his job that he did. I agree. Year. So it's not like anything exceptional. It's like I think we hey, both bumped-
0: Bogdanovich up to two. Yeah, it's like a. One, oh, and I, it, one, it
3: wasn't
2: a. It wasn't a severity
0: meter. No, no, no.
3: Honestly. I know, but I just I don't even know about. That. For me, counting you after is just like unless you have a, a problem with him. It, with oh his occupation.
2: well, there's no there's there's um. You think? Stories Talk of, to me. Well, there's definitely stories of him creeping on her and doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't no know bueno. that. Yeah. Did not know that. There, there's I mean, a lot not... of
3: no bueno stuff oh. there too. All right, well, um, fuck them all. One, two, yeah. three.
2: Fuck <laughs> all,
3: Peter. Peter B, what's up? Peter B. <laughs> break it uh, down. Ray,
2: Ray well so d- just just to bring back the book, you know, so so Peter B wrote this book which details the affair that Peter B had with Dorothy while she was married to Paul Snyder, which was really the catalyst that pushed Snyder over the edge. Um Why the terms- unicorn?
0: Oh god. Hell, get Me Ray, started. You have the floor. Okay, so this is part <laughs> this of is the problem. This is part of the problem here. Like it's it's so this the book is stomach turning. And, and, and like, I love the book because it's such a, like you said, Evan, it's like such an artifact. Um, it's, it's fascinating because it really gives you kind of like this inside scoop of that story, but it's solely from Peter's perspective, which is so messed up. Like, like he's objectifying her in such a bizarre way, but portraying himself as this like nobleman so that like everyone else is like trash. Like like Paul. he calls Paul Snyder constantly like a small town man and he calls like Hugh Hefner like a smut peddler. And he's always like, I gave her poetry and Shakespeare and you know, like she was a beautiful unicorn <laughs> and, yeah. and an angel and a little kitty cat and like, but he's talking about her in the most sickening 80. way the entire time. And while you're reading it, you're aware of this parallel narrative of this like pure terror that she was living like under because he was playing with fire by having this relationship with Dorothy. Like everyone knew that Paul was nuts, that he would, could blow at any moment. Um, Paul, like Peter always had a penchant for like young blonde ingenues. He saw her roller skating at the pajama party. Well, um, well just to they, say,
3: Sybil Shepherd,
0: yeah, well, you know, was cast in
3: last uh, picture yes. show. And she was like twenty, and she's really gorgeous, blonde. Exactly. And then like he went, you know, zap, in, you know, and um, <laughs> and then they had a big thing for a long time and, until she shook loose somehow. So he yeah. was, he has, he has some patterns.
0: He has yeah. major patterns, and um, so what's what's interesting, like I was saying about like all the different interpretations of the story, like it's very cool to like. Read and watch all of them in tandem in a way because it's like you're having one central event that happened in real life and then kind of seeing it told from these different perspectives. Rashomon
2: but time. if I if I can if I can, complete... if I can if I can say yeah. uh, uh, you know in in reading the book and and, and learning more about you know Peter B's uh, perspective on the whole thing, it, it is like it is this tone deaf sort of thing where he doesn't understand that he's also you know part of um, the problem. Part of the problem, and 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 wanting to objectify and wanting her in such a way, and how that might be bad for her, you know, yeah, and how everybody right. wants a piece, and that's what, and you know, I just there, there is a twin, well, peaks, just uh, another Lynch kind of thing. It's like a Twin Peaks kind of thing where everybody wants this, has a different take on the central female character. They want
0: because
3: their she's own an, piece. an object of desire, right? Yes. You know? And so you if, project if I can, onto. Right. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, it's my dumb pithy thing. And then I'm going to shut up again, but just my <laughs> revelation was, I thought it was funny to look at it this way. LA is pulling her and New York's pulling her, you yeah. know, like, mm. like these two kind of like uh, male ego yeah. archetypes, you know, uh, with their different greasy charms, Who you know, and it's real. like, New York's like, like poetry, dust <laughs> like, you know, and, and he's like partying or whatever, you know? And so like, um, it was, it was a very interesting the way to look at it geographically for a moment, because yes. I mean, she literally was being pulled away by the other coast. And that would happen to like a young, attractive yeah. female, sure. you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. back and forth. Um, and I just thought, I found that to be kind of interesting as a, it playing out in real like, like, like for instance, like it, it just coincidentally, he happened to be shooting in New York, you know, like if it wasn't in New York, it wouldn't have been quite the same, I think, because I think she saw New York idealistically in, in a different yes. way, totally. and so then, like like having a, a sleazy poster mass produced, she was probably like, oh, "I've been to New York. Like I'm somewhere else now."
0: Exactly. So I thought it was a
3: funny coast, uh, you know, um, exchange.
0: And that was a rejection for Paul. It was an even greater rejection because now she was civilized and sophisticated, and she stopped right. wearing the gaudy makeup, and she was reading poetry, Film. and she basically. You know, she started using the film. word film. She, she never film. used the word film before. Yeah.
3: And he's
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> and so then she's, phone, looking,
0: she's looking Sorry. down on him all of a sudden, you know, and, right. and he loses control <laughs> of her. And and so like when you said the coast pull her apart, I thought that was interesting because I always looked at it too. Like these these men literally pulled her apart. Like literally, like everyone wanted to possess her, everyone wanted a piece of her. And she was stuck in the middle and eventually was actually physically pulled apart, you know, yeah. like in a very disturbing way. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think Bob Fosse handles that in such an interesting way. Another clip that I think we had talked about, Evan, was at the very end. Oh, yeah. Right when you see the murder happen, then it intercuts, it crosscuts with uh, Hefner looking at the next girl that's coming in from Iowa. Yeah, amazing. And to me, I'm like, there you go, there's the thesis. You know, let's watch it. I don't know if you want to watch it. Okay, let's do it.
2: It's right after she's been killed, it's very disturbing.
4: That giant poster, so good,
0: my queen. Her name is Billy Joan Worth. She's very sweet. I was thinking she's a maybe for November.
4: Where's she from?
1: Davenport, Iowa.
3: I like her. Guys, that's cinema. No, I know. And it's also <laughs> that open heart surgery thing you're talking about, Evan. It is, yeah. In all that jazz where it's like, this is a person's life and death in front of you. And then they're just like crunching numbers and going yeah. on Also More for meat. me, it was... Yeah. Fresh meat, exactly. I was just gonna say, it's like, it's like, okay, she's she's gone, like, can't use her anymore. Meat, who's new in the who's meat The grind? next
0: one on the conveyor, yeah, kit. and that is
3: so ice cold and sick. And showbiz 101 that's showbiz, showbiz. it's like, eight women who age out,
1: yeah, they you know, chew you like like, they like, you're
3: up. 30, you're dead, Kristen Dunst, yep. like, out. Although she just totally. came back at an Oscar, yeah, but yeah. Good yeah. yeah. <laughs> but totally. It's rare. That's rare.
0: But okay. to that yeah, to that point, it's... I
4: think your, your next uh, your next Peter B. Uh, slash blonde book, uh, oh, Remy, oh. should be a uh, Sybil Disobedience, <laughs> Sybil Shepherd's book about. Is their, that what uh, it's called? Okay. Really? I,
1: definitely... I was
4: just looking at it last week.
3: I you were kidding? Like... <laughs> no, it's
1: real. <laughs>
2: it's like you should.
3: No, know you you gotta gotta that get title that. to her.
2: Wow. <laughs> Sybil can on... wow. can we go full bore?
3: Can we go full bore in Peter B. though, and just yeah. go for it? He's not watching. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, but like, um, no, about like what he did later in the Sopranos.
0: Oh, you know that he, what he really did was he he married Dorothy's younger sister. So, oh. so Dorothy's younger sister was about thirteen. Um, when he met Dorothy and and Dorothy brought Louise her younger sister to LA so she would be like hanging out with Peter and whatever and after Dorothy died when um Louise turned 20 he married her so I'm just sick. and I
2: will Um, I will will cross cut uh also to the scene when Paul takes Dorothy's little sister out for what is like to a carnival or something yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's uh, Peter He's B's young, future yeah. <laughs> future wife.
3: I know. That character's wow. in the film. Yeah, you know, depicted. Yeah, right. That's Gee. so gnarly, dude. I don't care what the details and, are. And it's vertigo, actually. Peter, Peter didn't, was he, a, did he not dress her? No, no, no. Actually, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Very Hitchcockian. No, no, no. Paul was looking for the new uh, Dorothy and would dress these yes. these new attractive right. girls who are 19 in LA yes. right. and dressed them like Dorothy. And he vertigoed, yes. but then fucking Peter B is vertigoing with <laughs> his little sister. These guys is fucked up, man. That fucking <laughs> I guess he wasn't
4: a, I guess Peter B wasn't a fan. He was not a fan of this movie either. Right? Like he was, he was not a fan of the movie. Him.
0: He hated the article, and so he 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 talks about this movie in Killing of a Unicorn. He talks Ooh. about how much he hated the article. He basically says that he was portrayed, you know, like, you know, portrayed horribly as a manipulative man. And it's like, dude, you are, what is this blind spot? Like, and like something I, you know, he you really don't. put her in danger. Like it was a very dangerous situation. People knew how volatile Paul was. People were talking about it. Dorothy's mother said he's he's gonna kill somebody or he's gonna kill himself. And he, like, and it's a ticking time bomb. And this shit. guy didn't give a shit because he wanted to like lay this.
3: Wanted to hook up with her. What? Yeah, but he was you also know? controlling her. Like in, in seen yes. in the article and not in the film. Can you just mention in the article? Um, uh, there was a, the people brought in a prospective poster of Dorothy's to yes. the hotel
0: yes yeah and 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 it was basically like oh that's not her image anymore you know and all of a sudden he was then controlling her image so before mm. Paul Snyder was controlling her image and now right. that it just changed for another well, what guy. I
3: read was uh, in the article again it's not in the film is um, uh, they bring the possible poster to her you know yeah. and uh, she goes oh I kind of like it in the hallway yeah. and then she goes in the in the hotel room Peter's in there and then she comes out and goes my boobs look saggy and, and it's like whoa yeah. you know like a 360. Change in opinion because she went into her second controlling man in her life.
0: Exactly. You know, for
3: two seconds, and then she has a different poster opinion. It's like, oh my god, yuck! You know. And he
0: discusses her like breasts so much in the book too. Peter does in the weirdest way. Oh, it's insane. And he talks about like how they're different sizes, but but it's okay. I I made her feel comfortable because I told her one represented her wit and the other represented her childlike charm. What What is this book? What?
3: This came out and Pete's had This was chills. published and people read it?
4: It's that cringe running up my skin. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <beyond laughs> it's
0: beyond cringe. Remy, you know? isn't your is copy signed? Could
4: <laughs> <signed? laughs> really uh, you uh, sign I, this? I have
0: a lot of copies of this. Uh,
4: like to yeah. you
0: personally? No, <laughs> no. To you? No, it's Talk to me. Okay. Along um,
4: the lines of training the next Dorothy, shout out to the waitress that Paul brings home in the movie. She's got kind of a deep voice. I love her.
3: Yeah, I love her, Marcus. Yeah. She's she well, she's too street smart. She's not an ingenue. She's just like, oh, I knew you were full of shit. Yeah. putting her shirt or whatever. Yeah, she's amazing. She steals the show for a minute. You know?
4: Oh, she's totally. She's yeah.
3: Really, she's powerhouse. Side note, got to get it in there. Only when I laugh a lot. You know, this is all happening when this a film's being made. Side note, I'm going to surprise you with this, Evan. Me and my mom. I'm a little kid. They're shooting the movie. I just went to New York with my mom. Uh, We're in the South Street Seaport and I see all these camera people and they're all filming women going like this and being crazy and, and being like point of view into the camera with knives. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And Peter Bogdanovich is there, I found out later. My mom found out. And oh. then when you watch Only When I Laugh, it's a fantasy sequence with that long-haired guy in Only When I Laugh, if you know the film. And all the women in his life are a, a dream sequence when they're attacking him. So oh. I was on the fucking set of Only When I Laugh. And I think Dorothy was there, and I know that Peter Holy was there. Holy shit. Oh, That's my God. Wow. At South Street Seaport.
2: Oh, you mean uh, the, the film They, they All, all laughed. laughed? They All Laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what did yeah. I say? I don't know. Oh, God, sorry. That's okay. Yeah. They All Laughed
3: I know is, it is. Uh, uh, Peter... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, You're talking about time steps, right? You're talking about time I steps? I love that. No, I, I love say, I oh, God.
2: <laughs> They All Laughed is a film. Uh, the Last Ride? Yeah. it's a, <laughs> Only yeah. When I Laughed. No, it's They no. All Laughed. God damn it. Whoa. Uh, directed by... Let's start by... the episode again. Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> start over. <having laughs> <a> moment.
1: <laughs> I, I
3: just did a moment. Yeah, only no, When I, I Laughed is this awful Neil Simon film. They All Laughed. They All Laughed. Oh, yeah, they and, they all all came, they, and they all came in. They were released within a couple of years of each other. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was in the set. And, of the then,
4: <laughs> and yeah. then Time Steps is the fake movie yes, inside. Sorry, Eddie. But Hey, i, I we all on the subject of just like weird side stories, I got to say another way that Eric Roberts is really cool. Personal story here. I was shooting something once. Andy Dick was supposed to be the star. He was five hours late to set. I'm on the phone with his manager trying to find out where Andy Dick is. This was like over a decade ago, by the way. And uh, and his manager goes, I can't get a hold of him. Don't know where he is, but what do you think about Eric Roberts? And I was like, <laughs> fuck Holy yeah. Shit. I was like, fine. And he goes, Eric's at the gym. He says he'll be on his way there. So like on a, in a pinch, Eric oh, was willing get. to hook me up to cover oh, yeah. up for. Yeah, Eric was down to clown. That's great. I didn't have to get him
3: in there. Andy eventually showed up. But- and you guys met him. Not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: amazing. We and went to we went to Sopranos Con, the mob movie con slash mob movie con, and we were yeah. like, you know, we oh my god, Eric. I mean, yeah, we, oh. we stumbled, across, yeah, right. And we it was were like, running oh around god. looking for Eric Roberts, wow. Pope of Greenwich um, Village, because we
0: heard that he might be there. So we we're like, he, we gotta see him, we gotta see him, and we and and uh, thought he was uh, gone. And someone was like, he's still here, and we. I will never
2: him. forget when it was like Pretty he cool. had the eight by ten of Pope of Greenwich Village for sale, and it was like. I was like, how much for an autograph? He's like, five US dollars. I was like, wow. Oh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. uh, he, anyway, so- he
3: didn't have a Paul Snyder 8x10. Uh, no, he didn't. But oh, he wish. signed
2: the Pope of Grange Village one and he gave it to us. And he was like, this character is a real wacko. You know what yeah. I like- and I <laughs> Love it. And, <laughs> it fantastic. Fantastic. He's, he's, and, and just this- to round this
3: up, like he's hot now. He's on the HBO show, yeah, the right, Jimstones, Jimstones, for whatever right. it's worth.
4: Not I know that I was surprised to see him. But good back. for him. Good um, for that's him. pretty big for you know.
3: For him because right because he had previously yeah. been the voice in the film The Talking Cat, one yes. of our favorites. Said, yeah. Yes, a <laughs> personal favorite of mine. Well, so, Seppanos
4: so, um, um, Khan, did you get uh, Peter B to sign your book? <laughs> Is that where you oh, to sign your book? No, he was gone by. That's weird that they crossed over. I wonder if they ever. That's amazing.
0: Uh, no, I hope people can, I hope this helps to get the word out for this film that people can, yeah. you know, ab- appreciate this in a way that it needs to be appreciated because, you know, like just to quickly wrap it up too, like looking at all the old reviews of it and like Pauline kale and it's just interesting to see all the initial reviews. Like you what, said, what
3: was it? Was there a consensus generally? Well, it was like course? a
0: lot of people I think were looking at this film as something as sleazy as it's subject matter was right. like, I think because it felt so sleazy, cause that's what his intention was that people took yeah. it as just as exploitative, you know, it's funny, even though like, um, Siskel and Ebert, they, they really liked it and they got it, but there was like, a, but Pauline Kale, like a lot of it, she's talking about kind of like how exploitative it is, but then she does, she does like point out some interesting things like the thing with like, the camera, being like a target you know like that's something that we talked mm. about like a, Evan, like, like, like a scope
2: like a gun scope
0: yeah yeah, yeah that scope right. of you know like that when when paul's taking the crosshairs Polaroids of yeah. her so the nice. whole movie has this clicking sound and the crosshairs and, and, right, and yeah bob fossey's so brilliant in that way you know like you you he's very in command of the story he's telling you know you know what
3: else you know i just i'll say like if 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 you if you we were and we are and you know individually recommending this film to people without qualification i'd just say one of the simplest things it's just it's fucking entertaining yeah. that's one of the quickest 90 minutes that you could do with the movies it's just yeah. like it's like like sometimes i watch it and i'm like oh it's pretty much over like in, in a <laughs> good way it's time, like, yeah you know, i was like <laughs> really that's a it just rolls like fucking water and it's never boring Honestly, he knows that's the other thing about him. He really knows how to entertain, or more yeah. importantly, he understands yeah. the value of entertaining.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of had-
3: like bullshit art filmmakers are like, if you entertain, you have you know sold out or whatever. He's yeah. just like but he's like a showbiz guy. Showbiz. You know, and he's like fucking tap dancing in Broadway. He's got
2: so. the, energy he's got the showbiz music. energy that he's that he's putting into a movie like this about fucking exactly dark. Fucking murder and exploitation. And you're on that
0: ride, you know? And it, and that's even why the Eric Roberts casting is slightly disturbing because he's so charismatic that yeah, you are taken by him. Like, I am overwhelmed by that performance because he's so charismatic. And so that's it's right. a little disturbing
3: because you right. can't
0: help but be with him. On you're this drawn, to him. Yeah. He's you're more, drawn
3: to him. He's probably more, you're probably drawn to him more, he had more charisma, let's say, than Paul, the real Paul.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm Paul, sure.
3: Paul's kind of yeah. ugly.
0: Like yes. Robert's
3: a good looking cat, it, but, yeah. but Paul looks like a uh, fucking Sonny Bono's, you know, brother or something. Or Jeff yeah. it's, interesting or...
4: That, it's interesting that critics would like complain that it's, you know, deals with sub, sorted subject matter or whatever. It's just so dark because it's like, what's more perverse? Like he's showing like, you know, his version of the truth of. How gross Hollywood is, right? Yeah. To Thomas it's incredibly. It'd be grosser
3: and if he was covering up for it, right? Yeah, like exactly. Saccharin, yeah, yeah, yeah. No it, well, it's, I, it's No, like I think that. what they. I think it's taste. It's like a it matter of taste, and people, especially dumbass critics in the East Coast, they can get very fussy about good taste. Right. Yeah. That's distasteful. You know? Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's- uh, mm-hmm. If I may, guys, uh, can I just get in one scene? Because I think we should we should we should end on oh, a high note with this one. Get down,
3: man! I just yeah, want to watch. Again.
4: This isn't the yeah. uh, workout sex no, no, torture no. machine, is it? No, no, no. no.
2: <laughs> so, what's up? Uh, that was really a bummer. No, 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 no. Hang on, <laughs> I gotta fit it in though. So because we only got a minute <laughs> okay. fifty here. So get down, uh, man. Uh, I just want to set it up. Obviously, you know, a, a portion of this film takes place in Canada, and there is an amazing, uh, very, very, very Canadian moment. In this uh, film which features a scene where uh, Eric Roberts actually stabs a guy at a prom with a like one of those like nail file toenail clipper knives, knives. Right. Um, and it has the most Canadian reaction of all this is the, this is the emblematic Canadian reaction to being stabbed uh, by somebody so here we go
0: Conversation. Jesus Christ who did that
2: here.
4: Funny, big
3: joke, eh? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice Think attention off. to detail. It's very <laughs> funny, eh? Uh, oh, yeah. Pretty.
4: Yeah. God, but I love that cover of uh, "Just the You oh, Are." Billy yeah. Joel, yeah. I know. Yeah. And, and uh, the look. Oh, big shot shows up in it too. This movie's, movie's got great music
2: And then, of course, a big
3: shot too. also. Yeah. And, oh, but can I just? Okay, we're running. We're running out. We're bleeding out time. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs>
2: sorry. I'm done.
3: But okay. uh, we're bleeding out time. But I have to mention. That the the soundtrack, other than you know, like original songs, um, on the radio and whatnot, um, there is for a long time you hear a fake Erzatz tubular bells from The Exorcist, and I love that, and it works for me, and I want a copy of that track. It's so good, yeah, it's (laughs) dope. It works. But uh,
0: everyone, go out also read Killing of the Unicorn. I want to hear what you think. I'm picking up a copy. Yeah, let's all discuss. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. all discuss. I thought we were all pretty...
4: doing civil disobedience.
0: Now. <laughs> okay, that's a great book club too. I yeah. love that.
3: one yeah. fucking hour book club. Yeah, we one.
2: should. Oh my god, we could we do one fucking hour on
3: uh, Peter Peter B's book there. That would be holy shit. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm fascinated. I, I, I the, the the breast size that is so horrifying that he There's that After, he, after uh, she passed. Okay, all that's right. Hard, guys.
2: So that was it. Uh, that was a uh, one fucking Uh-oh. hour <sighs> on. Star eighty and all of the relevant uh, books and other works uh, associated with it. Um, but uh, what—that was a great show. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Can I and just say, let's, um,
3: yeah. let's get uh, the Village Voice PDF okay. is online. Yeah, and we can have a link when we post this. Let's do that. Yeah, that would be great. We okay. should read that. It's very cool. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right, for
2: sure. Uh, and let's let's talk about uh, next week's episode. Next week we're going to be covering uh, "Mask" by Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, will be the <laughs>
3: <laughs> my next. That is my next birthday, and I'm not fucking kidding.
2: Oh, That's it. my next are- birthday.
3: God, I'm counting I the days. Want to? You no, know, you just um, ruined it. I, I am picking "Mask." I yeah. I've seen it a million times. And <laughs> me, I love too, it. me too.
1: Me too. we are all really great. All oh right. god, I thought so that. much my right.
3: We're going to yeah. do it sooner. We're going to do this um, uh, sooner than later. Are Man. we? <laughs> next week, actually. Marcus, Wait, I'm not kidding. Let's having... do masks next week. No, 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 Marcus. no, no. no.
0: Marcus yes, yes, to. yes. Shut up.
3: The week after next. The week after next. Why? We're doing mask, yo. We got to lighten okay, up, we'll, Okay, We can do mask. Can the do last mask. two have been really horrendous bummer nightmares. Let's do fu- <laughs> Mask is not. <laughs> oh,
4: mask. <laughs> This
2: is, so, this is oh, okay, unplanned. It's of the moment selection here. Managed, no, no no, <laughs> that's my no, no.
0: Happy Valentine's Day, everyone!
2: Yes, Happy oh, Valentine's no. Day. Yeah, happy
0: Valentine's, guys! No, Tom, watch we,
2: this we, already,
4: on, uh, we, we Sorry, already committed. Save us some candy. How,
2: how about this? Let's take a little <laughs> break from Peter. Peter B. We already committed to a title. Let's stick to what we say here uh, on the show. Sure. We will get to mask, okay? We will get to mask, but you know, mainly because you had your, you had you're, your, you're on the record. I'm on the record because you were, you know, cracking off two weeks ago, and then yeah, yeah. I and then and then I was. Well, cruising Marcus for...
3: <laughs> mask too. Does Marcus wear oh, yeah. like <laughs> mask?
4: <laughs> I, you just said it. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. I guess I'm down. Dozer, Evan, take control of the ship. Go ahead. Share.
2: Okay. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with what we had planned, okay? Um, because this is what we had planned. But let's see what the uproar for mask is on the interweb after we've teased mm-hmm. it here. Um, but next fucking week, I'm really excited about this because I think it's a palate cleanser for the last two weeks, guys. And agreed. Mask might not be. Mask might freak me out even <laughs> fucking more.
3: Also agreed.
2: Okay, so fair
3: enough.
4: Here fair. we are kind out. of like double dipping on Peter B. too, in a way. Yeah, we yes. don't want to do Very yeah. sideways way, but yeah, okay, I know.
2: okay. <laughs> Uh so next week uh we're gonna be looking at I'm actually really fucking yeah. excited about this because I love this movie. I, I, it's I, an A list
3: you know, uh one yeah. fucking hour for us.
2: It is. And I was saying, you know, when I was saying, you know, that hyperbolic shit that Jackie Brown's one of my favorite films of the nineties, uh, it's definitely duking it out with this one. Uh, and that is uh, Todd Salon's Welcome to the Dollhouse. Uh Hell Impossible yeah. Impossible to Find. You won't be able to watch this movie <laughs> before really? uh
4: no, you can only wow. get it on this DVD. So, oh, uh, no I was just want to say I was looking forward to seeing a Blu-ray of it. <laughs> you know, I, I want to see it.
3: In- no, no, but he's saying it's, there's no streaming at all. That's No
4: streaming. Oh. Wow. But um, wait,
0: Evan, can I can I say one last thing? Am I allowed? On uh, what? Can I read? Can G- I is, read is it
4: about one? the? It about, sorry, eighty.
0: Can I just read one? Because we one
4: just had one fucking
2: hour to talk. All right, only because it's your guest <laughs> appearance. It's your guest appearance. Because you it's your first it. appearance. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, this ever, is
0: only. This is just. This is. This is Don, but talking shit about Bob Fosse. So it says Bob Fosse's movie is all rhythm without notes, fancy footwork, and a weak surmise. There we go. Oh, yeah,
3: whatever, dude. Ooh. Jealous. Uh, yeah. But then he <laughs> ask, so "What he- does he think
4: about Todd Solondz, though?" Yeah.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get it. Uh, Next
3: week, um, one sorry, fucking hour on Welcome. No, to that's the great. Dollhouse. That is interesting. That book sounds infinitely fascinating. Oh. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Great film, lots of fun, and all of us love it. So we're going to be chomping at—we're going to be three dogs at the bone, fighting for uh, you know a bite with this one. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. he gets to it's find someone who doesn't out. like
4: this movie. What? We <laughs> need to find someone who doesn't like this movie
3: to Yeah, join. that's true. Good point. No, but it's—it's uh, it's just ah. Uh, well, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, and let he's let also me... one of my
3: favorite directors. We're oh, never going to do Happiness, right? Uh, I will. Wanna... I got oh.
4: vetoed. Okay. <sighs> I <would>. Too much. <laughs> okay. I like
3: the dog part.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The dog part's rough.
4: Um, <clears throat>
2: all right, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, weekend. And now, of course, it is time for your moment of zen. And uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> Take it away. All right. See you later. Bye, everybody. Here comes the sun.
1: Letting Here comes is I always grew that song, and I say, It's all right, it's all right,
3: it's all right. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.
2: <laughs>